0: Hey, my name is Victor, and you're listening to the USC Christian Challenge podcast. We are rapidly coming up on our annual spring break conference, and it's going to be a blast. But how do we make sure that this time that we spend up there is not going to be quickly forgotten or just wasted? Well, today, Eric offers us some new perspectives and tips on how to make the most out of conferences just like this one, identifying three key relationships that can grow immensely over the time that we spent there.
1: I have an important announcement. Spring Break is here. Unless you have class tomorrow. If you do, I'm sorry. But yeah, Spring Break is here. Um, yeah, if you have class, you only have yourself to blame. Uh, I have work too. So um, yeah, Spring Break is upon us, so tonight we're gonna do something a little different rather than go through a passage like we would normally do, something like that. Instead, we're gonna take a look at how you can make the most of a retreat, Um, specifically the Hume Lake retreat that a lot of us are gonna be going on in three days, whatever that is. Now, I do understand that not everyone here is going. We're definitely gonna miss you if you're not. Um, I will say, first of all, that there is still time if you do wanna go. Um, we'll figure out a way to stuff you in a luggage compartment or something, but we will get you up there if you wanna go. So if after this you, you do wanna go with us, uh, make sure to go talk to a staff member and we'll figure it out. But you know, even if you're not going on the trip with us, I would encourage you tonight to still listen, still pay attention, still take notes, because the truth is God could grow you wherever you are. Um, and you know, a lot of the things that I'm gonna talk about tonight I think are very applicable wherever you are. So you know, pay attention. You know, do your best to apply what I'm going to be talking about tonight, wherever you are, even though tonight is going to be focused on the hume Lake trip. And who knows, you might end up going with us on a retreat in the future. Before I jump into anything, though, um, anything about, like how you can best use a retreat, I want to say the most important thing that you can do far above anything else is pray. You know, spiritual growth will only come from God. You know, if he doesn't work in our lives, there is no growth. See, in Psalm 127, verse 1, it says, um, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It would really be vain for us to go up to Hume if God did not work. You know, we might have a lot of fun, uh, share a lot of memories, but that spiritual growth part that I think we all want and desire would just not be there. So I encourage you, you know, pray. Just pray um, in the coming days. Pray on the trip. Um, We have two more prayer sessions tomorrow. Attend those, pray. Uh, Pray that God would use the trip in your life and the lives of all of us. Um, I I really do think those prayers will be answered, because in my experience, retreats like this have been super, super impactful. The first retreat I went on was FDC my sophomore year, and I became a Christian. Set the bar very high, the first one. That was just a weekend. And spring break comes along a whole week. Um, I can think of every single time I've I've gone on the spring break trip, these big pieces in my walk with God being placed, new perspectives, things I've learned. uh, Very impactful, this is gonna be my ninth time going and I'm still excited, I'm still, that just means I'm old, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I'm excited, I'm expecting, I just wanna, what does God have for me this year? I'm excited to see what that is. Now why do you think retreats can be so impactful? I think we need to realize that retreats are an opportunity, a rare opportunity at that. They're an opportunity for us to remove ourselves from the busyness of everyday life and just get some dedicated time to focus on what's really, really important in life. We all live very busy lives. I don't have to tell anyone that. You all know that. Uh, You have school, homework, group projects, professors to deal with, some of you work. You have bosses, obligations, some of you are probably applying for jobs or internships, you're serving at Challenge, you're trying to keep up with friends and family, then you're doing all that fun stuff like eating and sleeping and staying alive and all that. So we, we just live very busy, and often I would say very hurried lives. And then in addition to that, we also can live very noisy lives. And if you think about it, we all have a device in our pockets right now that could access all of the knowledge that mankind knows more or less, and watch silly YouTube videos and TikTok and all that kind of stuff. And we get, you know, buzzes and messages. We just, we can be very distracted with everything that's coming at us. And so I think a lot of times it's, it's hard to focus on what is important. But then an opportunity like spring break comes up. You have a week off, there's no homework due, uh, you'll have no cell phone service if you go with us to Hume Lake, uh, there's no work obligations, unhurried time, a whole week. That's pretty rare, I think. And so, you know, if you really take advantage of that, that time can be very, very impactful. But, with that being said, there is something that we all need to realize. Just because you go, doesn't mean you're gonna grow. Just because you go doesn't mean you'll grow. Let that sink in. It it is harsh, I think I heard someone say, you know, it's, it's not a pleasant truth, but it is a truth. It would be so easy for us to go up to Hume Lake, hear some great messages, have a ton of fun, catch up on some homework, go snow tubing, have all that stuff, all this great activity, only to come back down the mountain and realize you are no closer to God than when you went up. You know, return to that busyness of life, the noisiness of life with nothing having been changed. Is that what you want? It's not what I want. Um, you know, I want to end up on the bus ride home being spiritually refreshed, having a deeper understanding of Christ's love, you know, being more equipped to glorify God in my life. Again, God is the one who's going to give you that growth. That's in his control. And I really do believe that he has something for each and every one of us on the trip. That's been my experience. But, you know, just physically being there on the mountain doesn't mean anything Um, it's really going to come down to your choices, because just because you go doesn't mean you're going to grow. There's lots that you could do on the trip. You know, maybe some of you are wanting to catch up on homework or catch up on sleep. Hume Lake is beautiful. Go see the mountains and walk around and enjoy that. And all these things aren't aren't bad. But if you really want to have a trip that's impactful, you have to choose, in the midst of all that, to prioritize the right things for spiritual growth. What are those things? You know, what is a retreat actually for, if not just to have a week off? Well, fortunately for us, we don't actually have to wonder that, because we can look in Scripture and see uh, what Jesus did with that time, because Jesus actually also went on retreats. Now, they're not retreats like we think of. He wasn't playing broomball with the disciples and stuff like that. <laughs> um, yeah, that would probably be dangerous. But he did take time. If you read the Gospels, he did take time to remove himself from the busyness of his life. And if you read the Gospels, Jesus was very, very busy. Right? He, had, he was always teaching. He was training the disciples. He was always had people surrounding him who wanted healing and advice. And then there was the religious leaders trying to trip him up. All these things. Very busy. Very, very busy life. And Jesus was human, so he had to eat. He had to sleep. He had to bathe. All these things. And when Jesus got time to remove himself. From that busyness, get time alone or get time with just the disciples, what did he do? Did he get extra sleep? I'm sure he wanted to at times, but that's not what he did. Did he do what a lot of maybe your classmates are going to do and drop all responsibilities and lay out on a beach for, for a whole week? He didn't do that either. What you, what you find when you read the Gospels, you see is that when, when Jesus had that rare time to pull himself away and get time alone or time with just the disciples, He prioritized investing in relationships. And that is what a retreat is for. Retreats are for relationships. Everything at spring break, everything we do is designed for you to be able to invest in your relationships from the worship, from the sessions, the the broom ball, all of it, the living situation is all designed for you to invest in relationships and three relationships in particular. One, your relationship with God, Two, your relationship with older, wiser Christians. And three, your relationship with each other, your peers. Now, hear this. This is not the only time you're going to get to work on these relationships. Investing in these relationships should be part of the fabric of your life, your daily life. But again, spring break is a rare opportunity where you get to just focus in on all of those. So tonight, what we're going to do is we're just going to take a look at each of those relationships and just some practical things that you can do. to to really invest in them, the choices you'll need to make to put put yourself in the best position to have a really impactful spring break. So the first relationship is your relationship with God. Um, There's gonna be lots of opportunities, obviously, to grow in your relationship with God. God is the subject of the conference. There's gonna be messages, workshops, all these different things, but what I think is the most important thing what I wanna talk about tonight is the time you get alone with God. Again, Jesus is our example of this. We see his example in Luke chapter 5, verses 15 to 16, an example of him just getting away out of the busyness of life and getting time to pray. Even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. Again, this busy, 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 noisy life. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Again, when Jesus got to retreat, he prioritized relationships. And in this example, the relationship with the Father. Now at spring break, we will get about an hour every day to do just this, to get time alone with God. And it's just like Neil says, if it doesn't get into your schedule, it doesn't get into your life, we have made it easy and put it in the schedule. You are, you're not going to miss an activity, a meal, a message, anything. Just literally a whole hour for you to get time away along with God. Now when is the last time that you had an hour of uninterrupted time with God? Hopefully, you are trying to get regular time with God praying, reading the scripture, memorizing verses, meditating on it. But what usually happens, right? We realize, oh, I have to run off to class, or, oh, no, I have homework due, or here's the latest Snapchat notification, and just the the busyness of life kind of creeps in, the noisiness of life creeps in. But again, at Hume, you're not going to have all that pure uninterrupted time, whole hour with God, and and, and even more than that, there's going to be free time where you can get even more time with God if you want to not miss a single activity or thing that we're doing. And so to get the most out of the retreat, I would encourage you to take advantage of that and use that time wisely. How could you do that? Well, I think the first thing is with that time, make sure you take the time to reflect on who God is, his character, what he's done in your life. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. If you think about it, it's a really profound thing that we get to do, meeting with God, getting to talk to God, getting to read his word. You know, because of Jesus, we have access to the one who created everything, absolutely everything. But I think often we just read a little bit, pray a little bit, just kind of rush off and then go back into the busyness again, when we neglect to really reflect on who it is we're actually talking to, what it is we're actually reading again. God is the one who created the whole universe. He knows you intimately. Everything that's going on. He knows everything. We're not just talking to some professor or to some boss or something. We're talking to the holy God. The only holy God. You stop to think about that. that It it puts things into perspective, doesn't it? It changes how you spend time with him. I have access to the words of the one who created everything and knows everything. I want to know what this says and what it means for my life. I have access to the only one who can change my heart. I want to submit myself to him. I have access to the one who knows everything. I want to take time to seek his will. It takes time to do that, so what I would encourage you to do is with the time Reflect on his character, reflect on his attributes. Take time to reflect on what you're thankful for, what he's done in your life, how he's shown himself to be faithful. But take that time to know he is God. I mean, he's the one who's going to be exalted, who is exalted in all the earth. So take the time to do that. The second thing I would tell you to do with that time is to prepare your heart for whatever God has for you. Psalm 139, David is writing, and he writes this at the end of the psalm. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, the first couple times I read that passage, I was a little confused. Why does David, a human, need to give God permission to know his thoughts? God knows the thoughts. He doesn't need to be invited in. Then I realized that David, what he's saying here is he's really just adopting a posture before God. He is surrendering to God. God, you know everything about me. You know everything that's going on. You know what is right. Would you show me what that is? I want what you want, right? It's essentially what he's saying. He's taking the time, and it takes time, to sort through his motives and get that all clear so that he is able to fully receive whatever God has for him. You know, often we come to God focused on what we want, And we kind of get into that, and and we don't really take the time to think, well, what does God want, which is far, far more important, and far, far better, I would say, as well. So we need to take time sometimes to just be open to him and, and just process that and get into that mindset. So take that time. Again, you have a whole uninterrupted hour. Make sure you do that. And then after that, you should take the time to engage God in the word. I say engage there. Don't just read it. Anyone can read the Bible. It's easy to read the Bible. You want to engage. You want to be able to process it, think through it. The best thing I found for this is actually journaling. And I was very resistant, I will say, for a long time to journaling. I thought, I don't know why everyone talks about this. I don't see how it could help. And then I tried it, and it really did help. It really helped me slow down and process and think through things. helped me to pray through what I was reading in the scripture. Also, another benefit that I didn't realize was I could then go and look back things that God had taught me before and read. Oh yeah, I remember when I read this passage last or I remember when I was here last and I thought this and God was helping with this. So take time to engage, ask questions when you're reading scripture. Don't just read something, you know, I don't get it. I'm gonna keep going. No, pause, take time to ask God, what does this mean? Help me understand. God knows everything and wrote the book. He can help you understand. If you don't know where to start reading, during that time, I would just encourage you to read through um, the passages that get brought up in the messages. You know, we're going to be listening to messages. The speakers are going to bring up passages. Just, just read those and ask God to help you understand them better. Read the whole chapter. Do things like that. And the last thing I would tell you to do with your time along with God is pick out one application. Just one. There's going to be a lot of things you'll learn. A lot of really great things, I bet, you'll learn. But if you try to come back down the mountain and do everything at once You're not going to do it well. It probably won't go well. Take it from me and my experience. So in your time with God, ask God, what is something that you really want me to focus on that I'm learning? What is something out of your word or out of the messages, whatever, that you want me to actually go down and put into practice? Now, what does this look like for me? Well, when I think about investing in my relationship with God over a retreat, I think of my final year before graduating. Now, before I went on the retreat, I was not in the best state. I didn't have a job yet. Some of you may relate, it's not the best place to be in. Uh, I was very nervous, anxious, stressed. Um, I had already committed to joining challenge staff, which meant that my location for a job was greatly diminished, where I could actually work. I had also decided to lead a mission trip to Germany that summer, which would be a month, so the timeline on which I could get a job also shrunk. And I wasn't getting a lot of leads, I was getting very nervous and my thoughts were just consumed by I need to find a job. I like to eat, eating takes money. I like to have a roof over my head, that that costs money. Um, Debt was coming, you know, all these different things. I was like, I need a job. Um, And so my quiet times were very consumed and distracted and noisy with the idea of I need a job, I need a job, I need to be applying to jobs. I was in grad school, I need to be working on grad school and passing so that I can get a job. So much busyness and distraction. And then I got to Hume Lake. I would purposely kind of tried to do as much homework as I could before, so I wouldn't be um, sucked into that. And in my quiet times, I did just, just the things that I just talked about. I took time before to really reflect on the fact that God is faithful. He says that. And in my life, he had proven that up to that point. So I just took a lot of time to think about that. I was really open to God and admitted to him, God, I, I am not trusting you right now, uh, but I want to. I really want to get back to that place where I can trust you, even with something as hard as not having a job and the fear that that brings, would you help me with that? I engaged God in the word, read through passages of his faithfulness just to remind myself of that, asking questions, taking notes. And my application when I got home was, you know, I'm not really trusting, but I want to trust again. And I don't want to be applying to jobs out of fear. I want to be applying to jobs out of faith. So I did that. I only applied to like three more jobs after that. And I got a job that I was at for, you know, six and a half years. God did a lot of amazing things through that job. You know, he was was faithful. Just like he said, I just needed to remember that and process that and remind myself of that. God knew exactly what he was doing. Now, had I neglected that time at spring break, I would have missed that and I would have come back down the mountain and been just as stressed, just as frazzled, just as frustrated. But instead, I took advantage of the time, took advantage of the lack of distractions and just really focused in on my relationship with God. And he really grew me through that. I'm really thankful for that. You know, Maybe you have a big decision coming up, and maybe you don't have a job yet, and you're just where I was. Maybe you need to process something. Maybe you've never spent time with God at all, or at least not in a while. Take advantage of that time. And you know, may that be a habit, too, you carry over. Retreats are for relationships, and the most important relationship you'll get to build into is your relationship with God over the retreat. Prioritize that, and you'll get a lot. I think, a lot out of spring break. But there's other relationships too, right? And so the second one we're going to talk about is your relationship with older, wiser Christians. In Proverbs 13, 20, we see this. Uh, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. The good news is there will be a lot of very wise people on the retreat. Um, Our speakers, Chuck and Bob, uh, have been walking with God for a long, long time. And if you look at their lives, you can see their fruit that God has borne through them. The staff from USC will be there. Uh, my wife will be there, what I'm very excited about. Staff from Chico, staff from Germany. There's gonna be a bunch of people who are wiser than you. There are people who have been what you've been through before and have walked with God through that and know what God is like in those situations. So you ought to take advantage of that and get time with them. Now, you will learn some things from listening to them talk. In the, in the messages and in the workshops, you'll learn some from that. But the more important thing is gonna be spending personal time with them outside of the sessions. Um, but in order to do that, you will need to ask them, which may sound intimidating, and I look very intimidating, right? Um, it, it shouldn't be intimidating, we think that sometimes, but I mean, the staff and the speakers, they're just normal people, just like you. Uh, and they're, they're, again, a little older, and have been walking with God a little longer, but. There's nothing really special about them. Believe me, they're approachable. They understand that retreats are for relationships, and I guarantee it there is nothing more that they want to do while they're there than talk to you and help you and pass on some of their wisdom to you. So just ask them. Ask to share a meal during breaks. Ask to get time with them and go on a walk. Um, After a session, go up to them. Just choose to get time around these people while you're up there. Now, if you do that, how can you make the best use of that time? Well, what I would not do is I would not just go up to them and say, all right, fix me, and just sit there. Um, you know, tell me whatever, everything you know. You know, I, Rather than do that, that's not helpful for us. Rather, I would say, come with questions. Come with some good questions. Again, you look at the Gospels, and the disciples are asking Jesus questions all the time. Why did you do this? How did you do this? What did that mean? Questions, 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 questions. And Jesus had the experience, had the knowledge, had the wisdom they didn't have, and was able to answer the questions and and help them. So what I would encourage you to do is as you're listening to the talks, just have a little running log on the side of your notes of questions that you can ask. And then actually go up to the speakers or to the staff or whoever that may be and, and ask them those questions. Now with that, what I would also say is when you're with them, be open and honest with them. You know, they can't help you if they don't know what's really going on. So, you know, feel, feel comfortable sharing with them. Because, you know, I bet that if you're struggling with something, they've probably struggled with that too and can really help you through that. But you need to be honest. And the other thing I would tell you is with that, be teachable too. I think sometimes when we go to ask advice, we think it's just checking a box. All right, I did it. Asked advice, now I'm just going to do whatever I wanted to do anyway. That's, that's not wisdom, that's foolishness. You know, If you go to ask, be humble and put into practice what they say. Chances are, they're going to help you. That wisdom will help you. Again, what does this look like for me? Well, for this one, I think of my first year at spring break when I was a sophomore. Now, remember, I had just become a Christian the semester before, and I was clueless. I had no idea what I was doing. But I wanted to know, and I wanted to grow, and so I got a lot of time with Neil and Jeremy and this guy named Max. Max is one of the speakers. He talked about making disciples. And so I went up to Max and asked him, you know, how do you do that? Where would I start to do that? Neil and I talked a lot about worship. I was gonna be taking over leading the worship team from Enoch, who was leading at the time. And I just asked you know, uh, Neil a lot of questions. How do you do that? And, and Neil was able to give me some good things I could start working on and prepare myself for that transition. Talked to Jeremy a lot about um, lust really opening up for the first time about my struggle with that, and he was able to help me a lot with that. In all those areas, I needed help. I didn't know what to do. I needed wisdom. And again, I'm very glad that I chose to ask for it and get around those men and and get help from them. And, And the great thing about it was, you know, after spring break, coming back down the mountain, Max wasn't around, but Neil and Jeremy still were, and I was able to continue asking for help, and they were able to check in with me. How is that going? How can I continue to help you? And I just built this great pattern in my life of getting help and getting input and being around older, wiser people who could really help me. Again, the talks will be helpful. They definitely will be helpful, but what's going to be more helpful is getting that personal time. And again, at break, it is a rare opportunity that you have because when we come back down, It's going to be busy again, you know? Everyone's going to be busy. We're all going to have crazy schedules. Um, But when we're up there, we have nothing else to do but hang out with you guys. So take advantage of that. Walk with the wise and become wise yourself. The final relationship is your relationship with peers, each other. Now, Jesus gave the disciples a lot of time to get to know each other and work together and spend time together. Why did he do that? Because walking with God is tough alone. You need other people to walk with you. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 10 say this. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. And is not another to lift him up. You know, in your walk with God, tough times are going to come. There's no avoiding that. You're going to need close friends who can help you. Mm -hmm. You're going to need people to come alongside you and encourage you and challenge you. You know, woe to you if you don't, the Bible says. You know, can you imagine just the disciples? What would have happened? Jesus ascends up into heaven and gives them this amazing command. Go make disciples of all nations. And then he ascends up to heaven. Can you imagine if the disciples didn't have any time gained to know each other? It would have been like a group project where you're not, you don't know anyone. You're like, what the heck do we do? Who are you? Uh, It Would have been difficult. For the early church and the spread of Christianity if that had happened. But Jesus didn't let that happen. Rather, he gave the disciples a lot of time to get to know each other. So I would encourage you is while you're at spring break, go deep in your relationships with each other. Get to know each other. Be known by each other. How do you do this? Again, just ask each other. Ask each other your stories, how you can be praying for each other, what God has done in your lives, how he's currently working in your lives. And go ahead and share your story and those things with them as well. You'll get to know some of the students at Chico. Um, they have great stories too. You know, that can be really encouraging to you. Have a ton of fun, you know, make a lot of memories. Have those late night conversations. I'm on staff. You can stay up late. Uh, I, I uh, approve it, I guess, but don't. <laughs> but don't. Don't do it too late. Be considerate of your roommates. Breakfast is at eight, 8, and quiet time is right after, so don't miss up that, but definitely spend time doing that. Talk with each other. Get to know each other well. Take advantage of the time. But also, don't just talk about random stuff, right, sports and things like that. Rather, talk about what you're learning. I think so often, we hear this message, and we think, that was great. Wow, that was really helpful, and then we don't talk about it, and we forget about it talk about it with each other. You know, ask each other, what are you going to do with that? How can I help you put that into practice? Where can I challenge you or encourage you in that? That's really going to, again, help you when you get back down the mountain, back into the busyness of life. You'll have each other to encourage each other and challenge each other and walk alongside with each other. Walking with God is not something we do alone. We need each other. And spring break is a great time to start building those relationships if you haven't already, and if you have, continue to grow them. When I think about this in my life, I think about my junior year. I remember all of the juniors, all the uh, boy juniors in, in Challenge at the time, we were all crammed into this one room. Um, there was like a queen-size bed, and there was like four guys stuffed in there, and we were in all the bunks and stuff. And we just had this great conversation. It started about Pokemon, which is arguably also important. Um, but then we kind of transitioned into more important things about just what we were learning. You know, how, What does this actually mean? We, we realized that, oh no, the seniors are graduating. We're the juniors. We have to take the torch now. We're, we're the leaders now. What, what the heck do we do? How can we you know, encourage each other, challenge each other, come alongside each other, make each other better, work together? Uh, and then we, we, again, took that back down the mountain and kept that going, checking in with each other. How's it going? How can I help? And we were a much tighter group after spring break. And I think a much more effective group at, at reaching the campus and being lights to, you know, a dark place around us. And, and many of those guys I'm still very close to today. Some of them I'm even still having ministry with, those who, you know, stuck around here in L.A. So I'm very glad, again, that I bought up the time that I chose to invest in my relationship with my Peers, it really paid off. Again, eventually you'll be back at school, everyone's gonna be busy again, and that time where you have nothing else to do but hang out with each other is gonna be gone. So take advantage, choose to prioritize that over break. Now again, with all this being said, I'm not saying this is the only time you work on these relationships. May you work on these every day, may this be part of the fabric of your life. Um, but what I, what I am saying is this is an opportunity that does not come along very often, especially when you graduate and you're you know, out of college and start working. It's going to be so hard to take a week away, let alone a week away, with all of your closest friends and older and wiser people to, to help you. But that's just not going to happen. So take advantage now. It's a rare opportunity. Don't waste it. Just because you go doesn't mean you're going to grow, but to encourage you, I think God wants you to grow. That's been my experience. Every time I've grown, and you know, you can ask anyone else who's gone and they've grown as well. You know why? Because God cares more about just a fun spring break. God wants an impactful life. That's what he really cares about. You know, a life of getting to know him and helping others do the same. So if you remember that retreats are for relationships, and make choices accordingly, I really do think that God will help you to live that impactful life that he wants for you. Again, I've seen that time and time again. Eight times. This is the ninth. So the week's gonna go by fast. So what I want you to do before you go up there is imagine the bus ride home. And I want you to imagine what do you want to be true about that bus ride home? What do you want to be able to say about your trip to Hume Lake? And then, what are the choices you're going to need to make to get you there, to that bus ride home that you're imagining? Remember, retreats are for relationships. So prioritize those three relationships and let's just see what God does. I think he's going to do a lot. So let me pray that he does. Father, thank you for whatever you're going to do. We're so excited that after so long we actually get to go back to break at all. Um, So God, I pray that we wouldn't waste the time there, that we would make good choices investing in relationships. God, we know that the growth only comes from you, but please help us to realize that we can still put ourselves in position to make the most of it. So God, I ask that you would come upon us, even in the days leading up, that you would be preparing our hearts, preparing our minds, clearing our our homework schedules and all that, God, so that we can be up there and be totally focused on what you have. And I pray that when we come back down, God, that you would continue to grow us and give us lives that are impactful for your kingdom, God, because there's nothing greater than that. So thank you for what you're going to do. We are very excited to see. We love you in your name. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the USC Christian Challenge podcast. You can find us on your favorite podcast platforms such as Spotify and Apple Music, even Amazon Music if you're so inclined that way. And you can also leave us a review so we can help get these resources into the hands of other people. We recorded this episode on a Thursday night gathering at the University of Southern California, and we'd love for you to join us if you're around the area. So get involved and find out more at USC Challenge on Instagram and on our website, uschristianchallenge.com.